We've all heard the phrase, it's raining cats and dogs. But have you ever stopped to think about what that actually means? Where did that phrase actually come from? All idioms have an origin, and it is fascinating to know where they started. You'll never forget after listening to these stories written by our sixth grade authors. Join us as our sixth graders take you on a journey of idiom origins and how they are a part of our everyday language. It's called the Bakery Bash. It was a cold night. Inside the bakery, Steve and I were about to close up the shop. All right, that'll be $9, sir. Steve thought to himself, Finally, the last customer. The customer didn't seem very wealthy, so they were trying to cut a deal that was a win-win. The customer was buying three loaves of bread, and Steve said, I'll make you a deal. Buy 13 loaves of bread for the best 12. The customer was filled with joy. Yes, please, he said quickly before anyone could hear. But when he got home, he cut a loaf, and it barely had any insides. He was very angry. Later, he ran back to the shop to get a refund for the bread, and he saw that the shop was closed. He went back home, told his wife he would go in the morning, and went to bed. After he woke up, got ready, and had breakfast, he told his wife, I'm going to the bakery now. When he arrived at the bakery, he saw a sign that said no refunds. He saw the baker inside. Just as he went inside to talk to Steve, Steve said, Hello, sir. What can I get you? The man complained, and Steve said that there were no refunds. And the man went home and told his wife, Well, no refunds, apparently. I know what to call this. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, uh, never mind. Okay, tell me when you remember. The next evening, they were going to close up the shop in two hours, and Steve needed to get home, so he said, All right, Jeremy, my wife had steak and rice, so I better get going. What? The bakery closes in like two hours and we've got like 30, no, 40 customers out there. I can't do it all by myself. Why am I going to have to work for the next two hours alone? I said to him. All right, all right. Fine, I'll stay. Good, I said, and he stayed. By the time Steve got home, his three kids and his wife had consumed all of it. The bowl of rice was empty except for a teaspoon-sized chunk of rice, and the steak was completely gone, nowhere to be found. He searched everywhere, the icebox, the drawer, and even the food barrels in the basement, but there was nothing. The next day, when I went to work, two and a half hours later, I was told to go to the boss's office. Sir, you wanted to see me? Yes. So, yesterday Steve said he caught you trying to ask him to take over your shift for the night. No, he's the one who wanted to skip work. Sir, I'm sorry, but he is a witness, so you're fired. What? You can't do that. Actually, I can. No, please. Sir, please leave. I slowly got out of his chair and left. I walked slowly towards the door, hoping the boss would reconsider, but no. I came storming out of the door and ran towards Steve. I'm pretty sure my face looked like I wanted to kill him, but it didn't look like he was afraid. I said as loud as I could, so the whole city could hear me. What is wrong with you? You got me fired! Haha, <laughs> well, that's what you get for making me miss out on a $13 thing. Listen, I didn't know it was $13, and secondly, you got me fired, you psycho! I somehow see this as your problem, but maybe I'm wrong. You! I was about to say something, but I forgot. I was too angry to remember. Fast forward two weeks, I figured out that this fake witness was the guy that couldn't get a refund for bread with no insides. Steve told him that if he did this, he would give him a refund, so he did. Fast forward a month, I went back to Boss's Bread, the place I used to work at. I was there to pick up bread. However, I had a problem. Steve always overcharged me. He once tried to charge me $100 for a loaf of bread that was worth 50 cents. However, this time I was here to get five loaves of bread, so I didn't have to come back here for five weeks. 
The thing is that this time he was charging me $45 a loaf, which is a total of $225. You can buy a horse. No, a barn. No, you can buy an entire farm with that. So I said no. Then he looked at me weird and said, Fine, then leave. So I said, let me talk to the boss. He said, no. Meanwhile, I went there myself. The boss didn't believe me at first, but I got the person next in line to talk to the boss. Then Steve was sent to the office, and when he came out, he ran at me, took the five loaves of bread out of my hands, and chucked each one at my face, and kicked my chest, causing me to fall onto one of those extra big family tables, breaking it in half. This led to a fight that almost destroyed the entire bakery. After this, we each had to pay $120 to the boss for wrecking his shop, and things didn't get better. After this, we sued each other for $200 for body damages, because he started he had to pay me, but I didn't have to pay him because he was the one who had me and I didn't do anything to him. If we fast forward another three months, I get hired by this bakery called Jones and Sam's Bakery. I fill out all the paperwork and I pass all the tests and I figure out that Steve works there. Are you kidding me? Steve? Steve just has to work there? When I found out about this, I was devastated. Steve and I haven't seen each other in three months and now the universe is putting us in the same job now? Ugh. Even though I hated Steve, I needed this job, so I just avoided him as much as possible. However, as the days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months, me and Steve started to become friends again. One day, he even invited me to see his new house, and I didn't know he moved, but I just said sure. So I saw his house, and it was an impressive 800 square foot house. As soon as I saw it, I said, I am never going to leave this job, ever, but I did. Let me tell you about it. So ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be my own boss, but I never got the chance to. But this job pays $45 a week, which means that I make over $16,000 per year, so I am making good money. The next day I told Steve about my bakery idea, and he said it was a great idea, and we decided to do it together, but we needed to wait until we had enough money. So for the next year, we saved up every penny, including working extra shifts, working on Sunday, and even working extra part-time jobs, such as washing horses, babysitting, and even being mailmen. After a year, we managed to save up around $45,000, so we took a huge risk and quit our high-paying jobs and started the bakery. It took a couple of days to figure out the names, and yes, there were a few little arguments here and there, but we got over them faster than you can snap. But in the end, we decided to call it Papa's Bakery. For the first six months, we only got 45 customers. This left us with $200. We got $100 each, and even though we got so few customers, I was still working $120 a week, and Steve was also working $110 to $120 a week. After a year of this bakery being open, we made $5,000, $2,500 each. It may seem like a lot of money, but Steve and I have invested over $45,000 into this, and we quit our jobs. By the time we were both working a whopping 150 hours a week, which means that in one week we only had less than 20 hours to ourselves, six days a week we had to sleep in our office. Our office had a five-foot-long sofa we would alternate between sleeping on the sofa and sleeping on the floor. And the reason we didn't just get another sofa is because it was too expensive. However, within three years of this store being open, we had gotten $30,000 in sales and made $15,000 each. For some reason, whenever a customer asked for 12 of something, Steve would give them 13 for the price of 12 and call it a baker's dozen.
by the fifth year of the store being launched, we had expanded all over the country. We had 60 stores in the capital city and 113 more stores throughout the country. Our business has over 6,000 employees, one of which live 200 miles away from us. Eight years in, and we did it. We became the first privately marketed company to be worth about $1 million. Since I own 50% of the company, I own about $500,000 in the company, but I am worth about $200,000. So if you have a dream that seems impossible, don't give up. Take me for example. For the first two years, we were getting next to no customers and I was working 24-7. So that is the lesson of the story. Also, don't sell bread without any insides, because that's just outright mean. And don't forget, a baker's dozen is 13 to something for the price of 12. These podcasts were brought to you by the 6th grade students at Hillel Day School. The intro and outro music was written and performed by Robbie. The cover art was designed by Tim 